Hi, everyone. Happy Friday, and welcome aboard. Um, thanks for joining us and watching in, and um, whatever else you're doing to participate. Um, it's Sam here. I have a special guest who I'll introduce in a moment, um, or I guess I'll go ahead and do that right now. Um, if you didn't know already, I have here um, published novelist um, Mark R. Harris, um, but I've always called him dad instead of that. Um, so. I've, I've introduced you, I guess, or in, in announcing this event and, and trying to promote it and such, I, I've described you as, as the man who taught me everything I know about writing, um, which, which I don't know if that's entirely true, but like, but I guess, hey, like, but, but I guess like, like the alphabet and, and, like, and like what books are um, and, and all those things that I think, I think you, you were probably, taught, probably taught me. So some of those foundational principles that I've, um, that we've built yeah. upon them. Um, so, so yeah, um, th 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 definitely, yeah, you know, the, the, the classics and the, 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 teach you how to read and, 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 you know, rhyming, things like, things like that, the Dr. Yeah. Seuss ABCs, um, Barney's Opposites, I guess. <laughs> but, oh, but, uh, wow. Now you're getting into some great high literary stuff here. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, maybe too advanced for our talk today. Um, <laughs> definitely. But, anyway, um. For anyone who didn't know, um, I'm writing a novel or working on novels, um, but also trying to, I guess, engage others in creative writing-related discussions to figure out what I can learn from them and what we all can learn from them in the writing process. And um, I won't steal my dad's thunder, but he has published two novels now and um, has also been teaching writing and fiction for a long time. So there's that too. Um, so. I thought I'd have him on today to hear from hear from his experience and see what we all can glean from it. Um, so rather than me talking and introducing you um, anymore, um, why don't you tell us, I guess, about your history with with writing? I mean, I mean, I know you've you've written things over the years, but I guess sure. primarily the um, your creative fiction in in the last few years and okay. what you've done so far. Yeah, sure. I. Um start out uh, in terms of creative writing, start out writing poetry. And I had a few poems published. And this was, um, yeah, I guess several years ago. And last poem I had published was about 10 years ago. And then I kind of wanted to get into something different. So I always wanted to try to write a novel and I never really succeeded. But um, yeah, I want to try my hand in a novel. So uh, there's this thing called NaNoWriMo. I think you know about it. Yeah. And um, you had been doing it for a couple of years, and then you and I went to uh, to do it one year. I just said, okay, I'm going to try this, writing a writing a novel, 50,000 words in a month. Sure, why not? Uh, I didn't really know if I would do it, but so I remember you and I went to, um, I think it was Little Dickens and Lynchburg. Okay. Right. Yeah, in a little cafe area there and sat down right and uh, that's really where my first novel started. I was just kind of free writing and letting whatever thoughts I had flow, and um, that eventually turned into the first chapter. And then it took me about five years to complete that book, off and on, because there's mostly we're going on in the summer. And so that was published in 2015. And, and then what's that one called? That is Fire in the Bones. Nice. Uh, yeah, which is the one that's on the uh, advertisement for our little talk here. I was going to grab my, grab my copies. I forgot to, so I'm glad you did. <laughs> hey, sure. 
Yeah. And then, um, yeah, then the I wrote a second novel after that, which came a little more quickly and easily because it was a sequel, and I kind of had the novel writing thing. Not that you really have it down, but it was easier for me the second time. So that took two and a half years. That came out in twenty uh, spring of twenty eighteen. That's called Now You See Her, and yeah, now I'm working on a third one. So. <laughs> I forgot that NaNoWriMo was how you got into it. Like, like I, I, I remember us doing that together vaguely. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, I know you would always want to, I guess, write stuff. But I, I forgot that, that was how. Um, the, yeah, that's uh, really. I owe. Uh, yeah. So I owe that to you and to oh. NaNoWriMo. Okay. Well, there you go. I, I mean, I, I, I guess my first full-length novel was NaNoWriMo also, which is also one that I that I'm not really doing much with these days. But that was probably the first time I sat down and actually finished the book other than, other than like shorter ones when I was younger so yeah. yeah um yeah I also want to mention just for the, for the audience um if you have questions comments uh, anything you want to know from a published author um put them in the chat we would love to answer those and address those I have some questions too yeah. but um hopefully let's make this a an, an event of wider participation from many so feel free to put your comments in the chat um so you mentioned those books, um, Fire on the Bones, and now you see here. Can you tell us a little bit about the genre slash premise? Just uh, of um, yeah, so sure. Um, the audience knows what they're getting into. Yeah. So if you if you're um, trying to write uh, fiction, yeah, you're any publisher is going to want to know what what kind of genre you're working in. And I guess um, you call what I do literary fiction. It's not um, it's not one specific commercial genre like mystery or what have you. Uh, but uh, both books have romance in them, but it's not like, you think of romance novels today, you think of stuff that um, mm. uh, is not good. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. sleazy and no, it's not that, I mean, because the first book, the protagonist is age six to 14. And he does, he does have a girlfriend by the end of the book, but you know, oh, it's spoilers. all very kind of, uh, yeah, light and all. Um, I mean, nothing, you know, nothing groundbreaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second book, he's age uh, pretty much through high school, 15 to 18. Um, but yeah, I guess um, the first novel, I was kind of um, thinking, okay, I want to concentrate on this boy, and I want to talk about a boy who um, who grows up in our culture, in American culture, and um, is just sort of trying to, to find um, a solution. So he's often um, kind of afraid. He's often angry. He often feels alone. And this is a guy who grew up in a nominal religious home, um, Christian home, and like many people um, did back in the, uh, several decades ago, which is when the first book is set. And um, he looks for security, looks for love and different things. And, uh, uh, music and girls uh, eventually and uh, gets into things like smoking and drinking and stuff. Um, and so it's sort of how we, you know, some of us go along that journey and we mix things up with our culture. Kind of get all a little confused there. And along the way, good things happen, bad things happen. Uh, but he does come to some answers and uh, one relationship with one girl, they kind of, uh, kind of helps him through this. So, yeah, that's sort of a real brief glimpse of both books. But um, I guess uh, you call it literary fiction with 
um, some romantic aspects, some definitely some psychological aspects, um, even some spiritual aspects. So, yeah, it doesn't really neatly fit into just one genre. A lot of people write write just you know one genre, and that's great, but that's not what I do. A lot of us have like I mean I mean a mixing of genres. I mean even genre <laughs> fiction hopefully has I mean some some elements of those other things in them often, but, but yeah, that's true. But yeah. 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 Okay. Thanks. Um, sorry. There was a comment that just um, the the link to the video didn't show up in the event page. It just showed up on my normal author page, Samuel N. Harris. Um, thanks for pointing that out, Nate. Uh, to be honest, I'm a little new to this Facebook Live thing, um, and it's still working out the, the bugs of it myself. So forget the technical difficulties. Well, I guess anyone who's watching now has already. Um, I guess. I guess. I guess the, if you're here now, the problem is solved, and you found us. But um, I've I've posted the the link in the event page also, so um, for anyone else who wants to join. So um, in those in those particular stories or in those books particularly, I guess um, I think I know some. I mean I mean I've, I've talked to you before somewhat about your your um, inspirations, but I'm wondering I'm wondering about inspirations for those stories and or specific authors who have inspired you or, or who have been influenced you. I don't know if if you have consciously or unconsciously um t like taking on the um i, I guess model yourself after other other authors i mean i know who some of your favorite authors are but um yeah influences you can speak to right now yeah definitely um yeah so let me say something about how i got the idea at first for the book sure. and then yeah I'll, I'll kind of weave in the um the writing influences um so i I listen to a lot of music. Music is often in my head. Music is a big part of the first book, and it's somewhat part of the second book. Popular music and um, popular music from like that time period, like the yeah, yeah, from that time period, that kind of era, sixties, seventies, late seventies. So I had um, I had a song in my head which actually wasn't from that era, <laughs> and it wasn't a secular song, which is what a lot of uh, the music is that Luke listens to in the book, but it. Um, it talked about kind of a purifying yourself through fire. And so that sort of gave me the idea of fire in the bones. And, um, and I also had a memory when I was a little kid of sitting in a little country church where my dad used to take me and my sister on Sunday nights. And um, it was warm, I guess, because it wasn't air conditioned back then. And they had these, uh, wish I had one here, but they had these uh, like, fans on a stick, like mm -hmm. a little, almost a popsicle stick, and then like a square cardboard picture on top, like a picture of Jesus, maybe, or whatever. And these were in the pews, and you could fan yourself with these things. So I had that image, and I had sort of that developed into the first scene of a boy sitting there with his dad and listening to these things and not really understanding what was going on in the church, and he was hot, and blah, blah, blah. And that just, I don't know, it just, one thing led to another. I started to develop more characters out of that. The boy would need parents. He's a young boy, so he'd need an occasional babysitter. Does he have siblings? And from that, the, I'd say it was character-driven. The plot kind of developed out of those characters. Um, it's often but then, Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, some, yeah, some fiction's more plot-driven, but like thrillers and well, yeah. mysteries maybe, certain mysteries. But, um, uh, yeah, this is definitely more character-driven. That's what I do. So um, writing influences uh, William Faulkner. Um, in fact, the first 
draft of the book that I did had these kind of long flowing Faulknerian sentences. And uh, then I showed the first chapter to a couple of people, uh, somebody who I knew had already published a novel and somebody else who um, uh, I knew talked cre uh, creative writing and um, said, hey, uh, could you look at this and tell me what you think? And they gave me some great feedback, but one of them said something about, you know, these, these long sentences are just kind of, they're a little hard to follow and also, I kind of pulled back on that a bit. I think there's still a little bit of that Faulkner flavor right, in the right. first book. Hard to get out. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm also a, a wordy person, and he, even when I think I've 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 edited myself, you know, I've, I've come <laughs> down a bit. People still say this is too long or whatever. But yeah, I was just telling my writing students that today. Part of part of uh, being, I don't like to personalize it by saying be a good writer. I like to say part of good writing is you're willing to cut stuff because mm -hmm. you know our mm -hmm. our culture always says more is better, but not not, not really with writing, right? So and yeah, in like yeah. fast-paced internet culture and and all that thing. I mean, I mean people like shorter. I mean, there's a place for a long stuff, I guess. There's still a market for yeah. long books, but but a lot of people like con conciseness and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So my first novel was like under 200 pages. Okay. Um, that second one's a little longer, but yeah, you know, we're not, I mean, some fantasy books today are still like thousands of pages or thousands right. maybe, but uh, yeah, generally speaking, people aren't, aren't looking for super, super, super long books. Right, right. Who would win in a fist fight between William Faulkner and William Shakespeare? <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I wanted want to throw one curveball question at you. Yeah, no, that's a great question. That's totally random. I'm I'm going to go with William Shakespeare just because it's pretty common knowledge that William Faulkner was often drunk. <laughs> and we also know he was kind of short. Um, and I don't really know, you know, we don't know how tall Shakespeare was there you go. or whether he was a drinker, but if he wasn't, he probably had a clearer head. And you know, yeah. There you go. Thanks. So that's, that's my off-the-cuff answer. You heard it from an English professor, it's, it's, it's canon now. Um, okay, so um, I've been asking people, um, I've been asking like my, my, some of my followers online, um, you know, different ways to ask this question, but what are your biggest struggles with with the craft of writing or, or biggest obstacles to overcome? Um, I, know we, I know we always say like, yeah. not find, find the time, that, that's a whole struggle for Well, that's, yeah, I think everyone's talking about that. I want to focus on the, on the, the art of writing itself. I know you, yeah. you mentioned wordiness, but anything else you want to yeah. speak to? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think it's probably a different answer for different writers because sure. we have different, some of us are left brains, some of us are more right brains, some of yeah. us are, um, you know, this and that. But um, for me, it's uh, figuring out where the book should end up. So okay. like with that first book, I started going, and I really got into the characters, felt like I really knew the characters. You hear people, authors saying, oh, my character did this or that, and it really surprised me. And that kind of is true, because I felt like, you know, and almost I got to the point where the characters could write some of the story in that you know your characters, you know what they're likely to do in a given situation, you know how they're gonna act. But I, um, so as you know, and, and just kind of 
both books are also of mine are also kind of coming of age stories. So it's like that could just go on and on. You know, you gotta, but you gotta right. come to a, a dramatic kind of climactic point at some point and, and a conclusive point. Um, so yeah, with both books. Well, no, I didn't really struggle so much with the second book, but with the first book and with the one I'm writing now, I'm still <laughs> struggling a little bit with tweaking the ending on the one I'm writing now. But yeah, it's kind of how to, you know, what is that ending point you're going to come to? And then you got to go back and think, okay, what all do I need to be doing throughout the book that's going to, you know, foreshadow that or lead into that or ultimately, and do I want to, you know, any surprise turns or twists along the way or, so yeah, where to end up? Some yeah. people outline and all that. I'm not an outliner. Okay. Um, uh, I'm more of a not exactly seat of the pants, but um, somewhere in the middle. More like go with the flow. Yeah. 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 And, and people are different that way, you know. Sure. Yeah. And I, I know you had much of the story in, in mind already. I mean, I guess because it's at least partially, if not largely, based on your own childhood. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that helped. That was more so with the first book. Okay. But then after that, I kind of, you know, I could think, well, these characters would do this or that. So, yeah. yeah. When, when you have it all pen already, or when you, when you know it already, it's like, where do you cut it off? I've, I've, I've had other friends ask, ask the same thing. And right. you're right, like, like, like a uh, biography or whatever, of um, this the whole life isn't necessarily, isn't necessarily like the best story. It, it's again, yeah. knowing right. where, where to cut and what to cut. Um, I feel like, right. I, and I, I, just, I just thought of this when you were saying it. Um, I, I, some years ago, I read, I think, F. Scott Fitzgerald's first novel, This Side of Paradise, I believe. And oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I really like it. I, I, I love the great guys, but I've read, I've read, I've read, I've read some of those other ones. And, and you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't bad, it was, but it, it, was, it, was, it, it didn't feel pretty much like just, just following the protagonist through events of his life without much of the cohesive, much of the plot other than this is his, this is his life. Right. Um, and, I guess that that's why that one didn't become his masterpiece, and, and yeah, and and Gatsby did, which which was a little shorter and more focused, and things like that. Right, mm -hmm. Gatsby's so well, yeah, shaped and yeah. structured, and I think it, you know, in a smaller sense, you have to think about that with each chapter too. Um, you don't you know each chapter doesn't exactly have to end on a you know super cliffhanger, but you got to give the reader some reason to want to read the next chapter. So Little segments, yeah. Yeah, yeah, where am I going at the end of this chapter, and how is that going to feed into what happens after that? That's so. the idea, uh, yeah. I, I plan to talk more about plotting in the future, in, in hopefully a few future videos, because I, I am an outliner and a plotter, but, I, but I'm not, 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 not talking about me today, so, so mm -hmm. thanks for that insight. Um, yeah. In the comments asked, um, read sure. my outlining. Would you say it'd be different if you're writing nonfiction, or um, I mean, ha have you written a lot of nonfiction, um, in, like bi biographical in this sense, or? I've written not, yeah, I've written nonfiction short pieces. So before I did novels, now, and before I did poetry, before the novels, I wrote articles about literature. I I did several of those, published several of those, and um, yeah, nonfiction writing I think is different but i think still um i would think i'm really not the expert on this <laughs> but i would think you still want each chapter to build up to some you know moment or some significant thing to make your reader want to keep reading the rest and like you said about you know if you're doing a biography or whatever i think you still 
need to know where your end point is mm -hmm. and how, you, how are you going to get the reader to that. Um, so, yeah, even, you know, with nonfiction, like um, memoir is a very yeah. popular yeah. genre in nonfiction right now. And, um, you know, so you're taking your life or whatever, but you're dramatizing it kind of and, you know, structuring it almost maybe like you would a fiction book in some ways. Again, I'm kind of speaking out of my realm here. Oh, but. Yeah. Yeah, I, I took a class some years ago on, on creative nonfiction. And that, that was my introduction to that. And I was doing short pieces then too, like blog posts and stuff. But um, yeah. I also, the, the writers' conference I recently attended, there was a good session on memoir. Um, and I, um, I actually might, might be able to speak to again in a future video. But um, yeah. it's, it's kind of like that. It's, it's, it's right, I mean, it's taking your own life, I mean, and writing them as, as if, if it were a story. And I guess, I guess if your book is semi-autobiographical, maybe it's close to that, but it's, but it's not quite the same. It's still fiction, but, um, yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, so I, I, I would think a lot of the principles from writing a fiction, um, writing, writing good fiction applied apply to memoir as well. It's just, you already have the story, but you still have to present it yeah. in a certain way and figure out what to, what to cut and things like that, so. Right, I mean, you still want to write very specifically and descriptively and interestingly, you know, so mm -hmm. some of the basic principles of writing would apply to fiction and nonfiction. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned, or you, you, you told us about one of your biggest struggles. Um, what's something your novels do really, really well? Um, I think characterization. I've had readers tell me, wow, I just really felt like I could get into this character or my goodness, how do you, how did you portray a six-year-old boy so well <laughs> when you're, you know, as old as you are? <laughs> and, yeah. So um, for me, yeah, I think, um, you know, everybody have, may have different strengths and different focuses. Characterization and then sort of a term I'd borrow from fantasy, um, world building because people would tell me, wow, I just felt like I was really there, you know, in that moment, in that culture, and then that, uh, the tone and the mood that you set, you know. So I guess I worked hard on those things, you know, yeah. making characters fleshed out and believable and kind of doing my homework on some of the culture and the aspects of the time and making sure that was all believable and so forth and all kind of fit together, so. Um, yeah, I guess characterization and, and uh, world building. I um my rec most recent book had a seven-year-old boy as one of the semi-main characters, and I, I I guess he he wasn't the major character, he wasn't the main protagonist, so I didn't always get inside his head. But um, he was hard to write. Like I I, I had to like tone down how I would usually say things. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven-year-old something, and I and I was I was trying to make him like a little bit more like a little bit more advanced in his age but not like a lot a lot so so it, yeah it, it, it was hard uh yeah i mean i'm not, it, it, I'm not sure if, if, i mean i haven't, I haven't edited it yet i don't know if it did it well every time and uh -huh. um, my, my readers or, or well people have heard me in our, in our writers group um including my wife will tell me that world building is not my biggest strength um because okay. um yeah, I, I i tend to go for the for the characters and the plot i guess um mm -hmm. And that's all right. I mean, you know, different people write in different styles and yeah, you don't, that's everything true. doesn't have to have this huge, big world built. Well, that's uh, true. And, and like we were saying earlier, some fiction is more plot driven than character driven. Yeah. So 
it's really you know what are your strengths i think it's really what are your strengths and really what do you want to write about not what do you think will sell what do you want what's important to you because that's going to be your most genuine writing yeah yeah if if you there was a quote I was trying to think of, and I, I probably won't get won't, won't get it right. But it's it was like, um, if if you, if, you, if you're trying to be if you're trying to be original, and then nine times out of ten you'll fail. But if you try to tell a, tell tell the truth and be authentic to your writing, mm-hmm. then nine times out of ten you'll find originality or something authentic somewhere along the way. Yeah, pretty sure that's C.S. Lewis, but I botched the quote. But um, anyway, uh, sounds good to me. Yeah, <laughs> um, but. But it's good. You have, you have that, that immersive world that people can. I mean, the, the, the details really help with it, I guess. Um, so, yeah. So, so, yeah. It it, it it does. I mean, it's always interesting to me when when books contain like I don't know, just well, I know you have some pop culture references and and some just like like I don't know the the nitty gritty details that I, I don't think about. But, when I read them as a reader, I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. So, so yeah, you don't think about what the writer yeah. maybe the steps the writer went through to get that information or to weave that all in. It just it should be kind of seamless and just seem natural. And yeah. and it's and I mean it's it's good if it feels natural. I mean I mean I mean yeah. I mean I, well I think now that I'm doing these videos and 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 uh, I've gotten older, I I'm someone who often thinks about the process. But um, it, it, it's good if you. Can read a book without, with, without, and, and get lost in it without thinking of the process of like, exactly. how does this writer do that? Or yeah, 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 yeah. So, so okay, definitely. Cool. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk talk some about publishing and such because um, yeah, you know, I'm not there yet. Or I mean, I've I've done like a few printed copies, but not like official publishing, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of the goal. Um, so well, first of all, you mentioned. You had, you, was, you, gave it, um, you had some editors or some readers look at it too. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, well, I guess, how did you find the right editor or publisher? Um, mm-hmm. Slash, how did that process go? Slash, like, sure. what's the right order of things there um, for anyone who yeah. hasn't <laughs> quite done this yet or is still yeah. getting those waters? Okay, well, I'll tell you what, what I did, you know, what worked for me. And I, I do think that, yeah, how I found a publisher is a way that can work for many, many people. But yeah, first, after I'd started writing the book, I, um, I really, the first book I caught kind of stuck at one point. And that's when I turned to my one friend at work who had written a novel, had published a novel, and my other friend at work who was teaching creative writing. And I just gave them one chapter and I said, can you guys look at this and tell me what you think? And so, you know, kind of beta readers. Um, I didn't know that term back then. And uh, uh, I don't know, they probably did, but they were both nice enough to read it. And um, one of them gave me uh, some, really just a lot of encouraging statements that helped me think, okay, I can do this. And the other one gave me a lot of really good constructive criticism, like, hey, you know, you, you need to end a chapter on some kind of a, not exactly a cliffhanger, but there needs to be a reason why the reader wants to keep reading. So I did all that and um, wrote the, the whole book, uh, edited a lot myself. I mean, mm-hmm. went through many editings myself. And then I started to look for a publisher. So I didn't, um, I didn't get a professional editor first. First, I looked for a publisher. Some people do it the other way around, but yeah. that's not what I did. So um, for... 
finding a publisher, I can't uh, say enough good about a book called Writer's Market. I think I have and, my copy one here somewhere, but yeah. Yeah, and I got an old one somewhere, but it comes out every year, Writer's Market. There you go. So Writer's Market 2020. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, I kind of, I wrote this down actually to make sure I could remember what all they did. Yeah, it, it, you get that book, it will tell you everything. It tells you how to write a query letter to a publisher because some of them ask for like a, a cover letter or a query, what they call a query letter um, for both agents and for publishers. Hmm. It'll tell you what kinds of things they're looking for. It'll tell you whether they're looking for fiction or nonfiction. And within that, it'll tell you what kinds of things they publish, what kinds of things sometimes they're not looking for. So that narrows it down for you. You know, you don't want to just send something to everybody. Right, waste right. your time and their time. Yeah, because you can spend a lot of money and waste a lot of time that way. So you focus. Yeah, right, exactly. And it'll tell you like how many uh, manuscripts they accept out of how many get submitted every year. So it kind of, you know, you know what your chances are. That, like if they'll accept 10% of their submissions or whatever. Uh, it tells you which publishers you have to go through an agent to submit to and which ones you don't. And um, what else? What royalties they pay you, um, how many titles they publish every year, how long from accepting your manuscript till you, you get it published, just everything. So I went through the list of publishers in that book and I you know, just started to narrow it down. I didn't look at any nonfiction publishers. Fiction publishers, I started to look at, okay, which ones kind of sound like they're interested in the kind of thing I'm writing and which ones don't need an agent. I didn't want to use an agent. Uh, I was going to ask if you use an agent or not. That, that'll narrow it way down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you also, you know, your first novel, don't set your sights too unrealistically high, I would say. It's the big publishers that we've all heard of, Random House and whatnot. I mean, I get Harper Collins. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, not, you're probably not going to get published by them right away. You know, you never know. But so, yeah, I went through all that. And you can hear our dog in the background. And uh, yeah, that, that, let me close this. Let me close the door. Yeah. That, that, that's kind of the, kind of the nature of, of Zoom calls these days, right? Everyone that's, can use uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Everyone can yeah. use that now. Right. It's real life. So um, I went through and found, I don't know, maybe two dozen, I think, publishers that sounded like, okay, my book kind of fits there. You know, out of all the publishers, just narrowed it down, narrowed it down. And uh, then I started submitting. And here's another thing you want to do. you got every publisher has different submission guidelines. Uh, you know, they'll say, I want to see a chapter, or I want to just see a few pages, or I want to see 20 pages, and you've got to format it this way, and you've got to send it electronically mm -hmm. or send it by mail, you've got to do this and that. Some of them want other things, like an author bio, some of them don't, blah, blah, blah. So you got to follow their instructions exactly. So, um, or they're just going to toss it, they're not even going to look at it. So I did that. You know, all this takes time and effort. Mm -hmm. And, um, Spend like most of a summer doing that, and or even start in the spring. Most of the summer, started getting a lot of nice rejections, and uh, 
So power through those, I would say too, you know, is how you got to keep going. You got to not let the rejections get you down. You know, the first, re the first rejection I ever got, I was devastated. <laughs> and uh, it's like a George McFly moment. You know, just like, Oh yeah. I just, I just don't think I could take any more rejection. And then I got through that and, um, I was praying about this too. And I was like, you know, Lord, I pretty sure you wanted me to write this book and you allowed me to write, you gave me the talent to write it. And I'm sending it to publisher after publisher and getting rejected. Is there something I'm missing here? Or you're just trying to teach me a lesson in humility maybe? I seriously, I was wondering that at this point. And uh, then it was like not long before the end of the summer, one publisher got back to me and said, hey, we like this. Could you send us some more? And I was like, oh my goodness. So, so I sent them some more and they still liked it and it went from there. So um, yeah, the second novel, much, much more briefly, um, I was thinking of going with that same publisher again. There were some things I wasn't real pleased with about them in terms of how much marketing they didn't really do. Uh, so I looked around at agents. I actually contacted several agents. I got a bunch of refusals that seemed to go nowhere. So then I looked at some other publishers and ended up staying with my second, my original publisher because um, they knew me. They gave me a better deal on the second book than on the first book. And um, it just worked out. So, but yeah, finding a publisher, you just want to, um, you got to do your homework. So there may be other sources besides writer's market, but sure. that's what worked for me, and I think it would work for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, uh, or, or you didn't use an agent, and you didn't go to an editor at first. Did the, did the publishers have in-house editors who review afterward, or how does Yeah, yeah, a lot of them do. Uh, yeah. Now, some of the smaller publishers may not have an in-house editor, and mine did not. Okay. So what I did was, uh, however, they had like a small um, stable, I don't know what the word would be, of editors that they recommended. Okay, yeah. And so they left it up to you to get in touch with this person. And I found a really great editor through that. And yeah, my book definitely needed editing. And sure. I mean... I edited the heck out of it, and I have taught writing for years and years and years, but oh my goodness, she found so many things that I hadn't seen. You know, you get so far into something. So future writers, yeah, don't think you don't need an editor. You do. <laughs> Whoever you are, you need an editor, either, either before it gets to the publisher or after, but yeah, unless you're that one perfect person, you need an editor. I believe it. I, I keep doing that with my book. I, I keep thinking like, oh, this is this is like pretty good. This is getting this is getting better than it was. Like like I I I I got feedback from our writers group and I started incorporating that and I was like, okay, this is a lot better than it was before. Um and 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 then um and, and then I had, I had submitted to a, a new editor beta reader um and she found all, all these things with it and i was like ah that's, <laughs> like, 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 that's what you want you want them to find the things yeah. before it gets published yeah every stage i think oh, okay it's getting somewhere and and then and then you know there's still all this all these all these yeah still editing yeah but, i'm gonna open the store again because the dog is not working and oh. with the door open 
I get better Wi-Fi. So okay. Yeah, that, 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 that's how. <laughs> I, I read a book about um, just just how like I guess somewhat marketing, but also like just creative people like um, basically how it's a long, long journey. And and um, I mean, I mean, even being good at the, the the creative side or having the inspiration, whatever, is only half the battle. You start to put in the work for publishing and editing and all that stuff afterwards. Right. Um, it was called Perennial Seller by Ryan Holiday. Um, if anyone knows his name, he, he's doing stuff in marketing these days and, and, mm -hmm. and publishing kind of. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm only, I guess, at a relatively beginning stage of that myself, but I'm already mm -hmm. seeing how, how it is. Um, yeah. Nate in the comments asked, what are your thoughts about self-publishing, or do you, do you know much about that? And I, I, I know that you, I mean, clearly you, did, you didn't go that route, but. I know a little bit about it. Yeah, not yeah. much. Um, I think it's a great option. Uh, I've been part of um, writers groups on social media, and um, a lot of those folks, a lot of those writers, yeah, will do self-publishing. Um, that's just not the route I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. uh, if I, I guess if I, uh, ended up, you know, not finding any publisher who wanted my book. I would have done that for sure because I wanted to get it out there. But um, I just wanted to try my hand first and see, you know, if a publisher was interested. But yeah, a lot of people don't, you know, don't want to go that route. It, you have more control, obviously, over your book if you do the self-publishing. Um, it's uh, I don't know what all the other advantages might be, but you know, it just depends, I guess, on what your goals are and what you're mm -hmm. what you're wanting to do. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely a big thing. It is. It's good. It's good. Driving thing. Yeah, it's a common thing today to self-publish. Um, so sure. Yeah, I don't I don't know of anything against it. Yeah, that's kind of my philosophy too. It's like traditional publishing is the dream. Um, and 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 I, I mean, if, if I can't, if that doesn't work out, self-publishing is not as an option. Yeah, not not, not to just disparage either one. Just just just. No, but it's a nice option that we didn't have, you know, thirty years ago. Much in the past, yeah, and it's, a, it's yeah. So that's a nice alternative. Sure. Okay, you mentioned um, you, you talked about a, a little bit about um, marketing and how much the publisher did or didn't do for you. Um, yeah. Have you done much with that lately? Lately, with 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 like um, social media or anything, or right? Or I haven't done a lot lately, but I did a lot when both books were um, just coming out, and then for a while afterwards with each book. Yeah, and I kind of I made a little list here because I couldn't remember everything I'd done. But one thing I did with the first book, I had uh, little um, business cards made up, you know, fire in the bones and my author name and my contact info and stuff, website and uh facebook youtube channel etc and then i had some bookmarks made um but yeah it depends on you know marketing okay um two things with marketing yeah um the nice thing about today versus the past is we now have self-publishing which we didn't before the sad thing about today versus the past is uh, unless you get a big publisher um you're gonna have to do a lot of the marketing so, so in many ways, I guess self-publishing and publishing with a small company have that in common. That's um, right. That's exactly right. Good point. Yeah. So anyway, um, unless you're the, the, the lucky person who hits it big. Um, right. Which, you, which that's great. And then they have marketers in their employ and they will do things for you. Mm -hmm. um, but I was in a 
my publisher had a, a Facebook group of Black Rose Writing Publishers. That's the publisher, Black Rose Writing. And so I got into that, and that was really valuable just to hear, get to know these people and hear from them what works for you with marketing, what doesn't work for you. So get in writers groups. Um, I did Facebook ads. I did um, book signings. Mm -hmm. I did, um, now Facebook ads, you know, you can do on your own book signings. Of course, you got to either put yourself out there or get invited to do that. Um, mm -hmm. I made or had made a book trailer with each book. Uh, found somebody who could do a pretty professional job, but was not like a big company, so it wasn't like super expensive. Right. Because uh, you got to get visuals out there these days. Um, <laughs> I hired a couple of different social media promoters at different points in time who, yeah, cool. yeah, who deluged social media with it. Um, of course, contacted all my friends and family. Um, I went to the local library with a free copy. So you can find my book in our local library now. Um, I went on in on some promotional um, marketing uh, deals that my publisher had. So they will do some marketing, but it's at a cost to you, mm -hmm. the writer. But it's it's a discounted cost. But sure, sure. I did do a lot of that because you know that that costs money. I learned all about Twitter. Uh, thank you, Dr. Karen Pryor. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I went on there and um, what else made an author page on Facebook made an author page on Amazon author central uh, made a website and some of these things worked well and some didn't work so well you know you got to kind of it's trial and error really but find out what has worked for other people I found people to write blurbs for the covers of my books um, there's other things I did, yeah, interviews, like this one we're doing now. I did some interviews. Um, and what I tried to get the book in a national, two different, actually, national uh, bookstore chains did not succeed, but I tried. You know, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's not something natural to me. I don't know, some of you writers out there may be more of a natural marketer than I am. So. That's it's been a challenge. Yeah, but not, you definitely yeah you can't uh, yeah it's not like the old days or if they ever really existed, where you just write your book and sit back and watch it sell. You know you, you have to do some things. It's not natural to me either. I mean I, I have pretty much no formal trading in the marketing. Um, now with my well one with with my job it's at a nonprofit and where I, where I write content for, the, for basically are the, the marketers. And two, with wanting to promote my own author stuff, I've been doing some research into it. And I mean, even even in the past year, I feel like I've I've learned some basic principles and done some things that have helped a bit. But I mean, it's I mean, it's you know, it's not overnight success. It's never going to be. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, there's always maybe one in, one in a million. Never but, know. Yeah. But for most of us, it's not. And it's it's just again, it's it's you do the work of writing. It's it's hard, long work. You also do the work of editing. You also do the work of publicity and marketing and, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's right. It's it's a, it's a lot of work if if you want to get it out there. So it is, it is. But you know, you know anything worthwhile is it John Smith or somebody, anything worthwhile takes effort. And um, you know, it's it's it's, 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 it's doing well. The fun thing about it is, it's your creation and you're putting it out there. And it's a mm -hmm. part of yourself, you know. So 
even though marketing may not be your big thing, uh, it still kind of gives you a good feeling to, you know, to do those things. I think. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, it's been interesting. It, it, it's, been a, it's been a good journey to look into. And I'm, I'm still on that journey, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, keep going, man. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so can, can you tell us about the book you're working on now or, or, um, yeah. Future? Yeah. Just sure. Just briefly. Yeah. Um, Tease it, a little it bit. is a it is a sequel, so it is the third and final book in what will be a trilogy. So I've got again Fire in the Bones and Nice Ear, and um, I'm not one of those writers who comes up with a title <laughs> at the beginning. I, I was going to ask. I have been working on this book for three years. And it doesn't have a title yet. Its title is third novel. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> But I'm I'm pretty close. I think I'm pretty close. I think this this summer I can definitely finish it. There's a tiny bit of drafting more to do, and then a bunch of editing. Sure. And um, yeah, it's gonna kind of bring everything in the first two books to a culmination. Luke is with the same girl he was halfway through the second book to the end of the second book, and but they go through a lot of things with. Um, kind of being drawn into the things of the world and temptations and whatnot and struggling with their own differences from each other and problems with family and with not having money, just pretty much ordinary things that a lot of us go through. Um, so, yeah, so I, I really have enjoyed this one too. I just, um, yeah, I wish I had more time <laughs> to work on it steadily so I could put out books more frequently, but yeah. Uh, you know, it's I'm not putting pressure on myself. So okay. the first one came out in 15, second one came out in 18. This one could come out in 21, but more likely 22. Okay, okay. Uh, Can I ask if there's a release date yet? But yeah, so I don't. I haven't even sent anything to the publisher yet oh. because yeah, it's not there yet. It's not yeah. at that point yet where I could send it. So, oh. but yeah, it's it's close, and um, yeah. I'm I'm loving it. You know, I'm not I'm not rich. I'm not famous, and that's right. you know that's so if you're if you're bent on you have to be those things or writing's not going to succeed for you, then you know, it may not work for you. But you know, I just enjoy it. It's something I do that's different from everything else I do, and uh, get to share some of myself and my ideas with the world in a creative and dramatic way that entertains and pleases people and. So, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. It's, and if I also make a few bucks doing that, wow, really? Yeah. You're gonna pay me for this? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, yeah, all the better. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask. I mean, I mean, not 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 necessarily for general advice, but I, mean, I guess going back to like writing craft and such. What's a a writing tip or or maybe a publishing tip you can offer that most people don't know or overlook? I, I, yeah, I'm sure you're familiar with with what people don't know about writing. That's a good question. Yeah, I think this, I have two things. I think one of them is from Faulkner. Um, I think this first one might be from Faulkner. Um, to uh, stop, like if you have a goal, like I'm going to write so much each week or so much each day or once a month or whatever you're able to do, you know, is to stop writing in a given session before you finish. In other words, when you're on a roll, Stop at some point there before you run out. 
so that when you go back to work on it next, you'll be fired up because you'll have that, you already know where you're going, you're in that momentum. And I just thought that was, you know, good advice. I've heard um, so, so, so that before for academic writing. I didn't, I didn't know it was from Faulkner originally. So I think it is. I'm not positive, and I should be because I'm supposed to be a Faulkner expert, but I think it is. <laughs> the, the other thing I would say is, um, is write about something that you really care about and you're really interested in. Now, this could be, you know, fantasy is real big today, so I'm not going to say write about what you know because a lot of people want to write fantasy, which is great. Or write about something you care about and you're interested in. That way, no matter how the book does or whatever, you're you're still going to feel good about it because it it's you and it's real and it's what you wanted to do. There you go. Good advice. Um, I think that was all the questions I had. Nate asked, um, "Do you find that working through drafting slowly can affect continuity and make it more difficult to find a natural plot flow?" And, and, and I guess some of that yeah. is, is is a time management question, also. Yes, but, that um, is a definite yes, Nick. That is a great question, and for me, I don't know if every writer's that way, but and I'm pretty good at putting things down and picking them back up and just picking up where I left off if it's a reasonably short amount of time since I've been working on it. But frankly, sometimes with these books, I would go like nearly a whole semester without having gotten back to it. So yeah, what I typically have to do then when I get back to it, you're right, is go back from the beginning, read everything I've written thus far, get back in the mindset, what was I trying to do in this chapter? What am I working towards? Oh, yeah, okay. And then eventually you get back into it. So, yeah, there's some, you know, it's like when you come back after a summer vacation and you start school again. There's some review or whatever you got to do at the beginning before you can really pick up and go on to new stuff. So, yeah, that's, that's definitely an issue for probably a lot of us writers who aren't doing it full time. So you're doing it whenever you can here or there little bits, but uh, I would say, you know, don't let that stop you persevere. Um, Cause you're still, you're writing, you're writing a book. That's something not everybody has done, you know, mm -hmm. um, or you're writing a story or whatever. That's not something everybody has done. So yeah, keep at it. Even if you can just do a little bit here and there and you got to keep going back and refreshing yourself. I think that's okay. Yeah, I think I, I I did one of my live videos, maybe the maybe the one um, from four weeks ago. It just says "Writing Woes." Let's talk. If you go to my Facebook page, Samuel N. Harris, I talked about that a little bit because I had someone else ask that same question. Or when I've been asking people from from about their their writing woes, I think someone said something like that, like like you you pick it up, you put it down again. When you come back to it, whenever later after interruptions, it's it's hard to get back to. And I was like. I get that because um, yeah, I, I wrote most of my novel this past year. Um, I also had a child this past year, um, so, so so you so, had some major interruptions. I, and, I, I yeah. was I was getting toward the climax, or like like a big thing had just happened in the, in the, the turning point, and and the heroes were dealing with the consequences of it, and that's where I stopped for like at least a month when Benny was born, probably. Um, yeah, and then a, a few chapters later, I was. Um, it was it was like the, the the final showdown where the heroes were conf confronting the villain, and it was supposed it was supposed to be you know very fast paced and climactic, and that was when we we went out of town for Christmas, and so for also <laughs> probably yeah. close to home, I didn't do much with it, so sure. I don't know. I mean, it's it, it always feels like the parts that are supposed to be 
climactic in the, in the story. I get interrupted between those. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I can't. You just have to go back to it, yeah. pick it up again, get back in the groove, get totally mm -hmm. back in the mindset, and then you can, yeah, then when it comes out for the reader, it just looks smooth and it flows and you get that climactic action. Yeah, yeah. but it does, yeah, it's, um, I would imagine most of us, you know, just have that struggle because mm -hmm. I mean, who has who has the time to just sit and write a novel straight through, right? Yeah. Uh, unless you're independently wealthy. Yeah, I can't really say much about about preventing that. Um, or, or, but, um, no, there's just ways to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm trying to deal with it. Push through. I had to how many, I mean, if you go back to it after a long time and it no longer interests you, okay, that's one thing. But for me, every time I go back to it, I'm like, oh yes, like, no, I, I, I want to get back into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, because I just I'm interested in it. So mm -hmm. that keeps you going. Well, thanks for your insights. Um, where can people find you on social media? I know you mentioned. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Facebook. It's Mark, Mark R. Harris, right? R. Mark R. Harris. I think it's my I think author so. page. I think you I can also. In, in the event page, anyone's there. Um, yeah, yeah, and you can find me on YouTube. Mark R. Harris is my YouTube channel. And you can find my book on Amazon, um, barnesandnoble.com. And I have copies that I would be glad to <laughs> sign. And yeah, if anybody wants to shell out a few bucks, and, Buy a coffee, but yeah, those are where you can find me. Twitter, um, or are you not doing much with Twitter? Twitter, yeah, I'm on Twitter too. Um, I think it's Mark R. Harris there too. I'm not on Twitter as frequently as I used to be, but with underscores. Yes. Is it? So, it's like Mark R. Harris with underscores. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. so go follow him there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd be glad to follow you back. So, yeah. Thanks for having me on in this sure series you're doing. I think it's cool. Thanks for your insights, and um, I don't know what else to say. So yeah. I'd say, uh, hey, future writers out there or current writers, whatever, yeah, we're all in this together. Go for it. Cool. More power to you. Okay. Well, thanks for being here, and um, keep writing. Um, anyone else? Let's, oh, let's, um, Nate just says thanks, thanks for the comments and the helpful insights. Um, for anyone who wants to hear more, I mean, Go follow Mark Harris at the place we just mentioned. Um, for future live videos um, and other writing-related content from me, um, you can go to my link. Um, there's, well, I'm also on Facebook and Twitter, of course, but I think in the event page for Facebook Live, you can find my new landing page, which is a link that looks that has the words "Chipper Maker" in it for some reason. But it's um, it, it's my landing page for Fractured Heroes and for my newsletter or weekly updates. So sign up to get info about the story and about other future live discussions. And um, in the meantime, keep writing and keep on keeping on. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Sam. Sure.